Hi, this is uh, John Turner. I'm the host of uh, www.arthurjonesexercise.com and the author of The Path of Most Resistance. John, so, thanks for thanks for hopping on the call. I know you're super busy. We, we were just talking. We were starting to get into it, and then I cut you off. Um, if you want to just tell, give a brief rundown of, of who you are again and get right back into that, that bulletin. Yeah, um, I was, uh, you know... Um, like most people of my generation, I happened to see uh, Steve Reeves as Hercules, uh, and um, but it wasn't a uh, a love affair that stood the test of time because as I went into high school, even though I'd lifted weights and was doing it completely arbitrary, I was doing curls and bench presses probably I think, but I didn't know what a squat was, and. Um, uh, anyway, it wasn't a love affair that stood the test of time, and uh, when I went into high school, my uh, interest in uh, weight training was put into third place behind uh, football and girls. Oh, but, of course. Uh, but a few years later, I was fortunate enough to, to meet a guy that owned a gym uh, in my hometown here. He was about 50 at that time. And for whatever reason, because we were complete strangers, he gave me some Iron Man. And with the instruction, make sure you read these Arthur Jones articles. I think he's got something. Well, truer words were never spoken. And I did as he suggested. I read them, and I was uh, thunderstruck at how mm -hmm. stupid I had been in reading and believing the stuff that's in the the muscle magazines, especially the Weeder magazines. Anyway, um from Iron Man, I ordered Nautilus Bolton 1, and to this day, I recommend that as the option of first choice to anyone who contacts me about, you know, I'd like to, I'd love to try Nautilus, but I, but there's no machines around, um, you know, what's it about? I said, I say, read Nautilus Bolton 1, and then reread it, and then reread it. Yeah. And, um, and and then uh, you know and then there was the Nautilus Bolton too and of course it, it went on from there and uh, I didn't get an opportunity to try Nautilus until several years later when I tried them at our local university and um, it was a it was a seminal event in my life I I, I said uh, I was with my brother-in-law and I said you know what I got to start saving my money I got to start saving my money because these things were expensive they you know back then and uh, oh right. And we actually partnered and bought a machine, and um, and then bought another machine, and another machine, and uh, and we've gone, we've gone, you know, we've gone separate ways since then. Although he has Nautilus in his home, and I have Nautilus in my home, we're still very loyal to the vintage Nautilus. And I always qualify, put it vintage or Jones era, because after Arthur yeah. sold the company in June 1986, yeah. the machines are not the same. No, they're not. And I and that's just something I was going to bring up later. Uh, before I pressed record, we were talking about the change in the industry and yes. about how both of, us were, both of us were frustrated with it. And even today, when I was training a client, you know, I, I was doing a, an overhead press, and uh, we were using dumbbells, though, and, and you know, feet flat, strict form. And uh, he made a comment saying, you know, it would be easier for me if I use a kettlebell because then I could press and my arms wouldn't move. I said, or we could strict, you know, strict form and we could press through this correctly. And, you know, there's something to be said with 
the current trend of, of where fitness is going, and uh, you mentioned it how you know it's, it's starting to to go back downhill. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on that? And you can continue talking about the current Nautilus products and how they're geared towards something different and um, and CrossFit. Yeah, the, Talk about CrossFit a little bit. Yeah, well, CrossFit. Uh, um, I just see that as a you know you think it's a fad, but um, I guess uh, fitness fads they're just like buses. There'll be another one by in thirty minutes. Um, oh yeah. We 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 had. Um, we had two I'm up here in Canada and um we had two uh well known professional hockey players they weren't uh, associated business associates each one opened a fitness facility uh one was called i think um a sports specific uh training facility and the other one was a uh um high performance uh, training facility anyway the local media in Toronto covered the opening, the grand openings of both these facilities. And um, it showed these uh, young professional hockey players showing up in their Ferraris and Porsches, $100,000 plus uh, luxury cars. And they went inside uh, the respective buildings and they were shown throwing a $40 medicine ball around. It's like yeah, Stone Age. That sounds about it, right. Yeah, it's like, about it's right. like Stone Age. It's, uh, you know, Arthur said that. Uh, um, transportation evolved in four distinct uh, uh, ways. The first, it was animal-powered transport. You know, we domesticated animals, hooked them up to a cart, and uh, then there was, uh, well, first of all, I guess it was walking, and then it was animal-powered transport, and then it was the car, and then it was the plane. And and each step in the evolution um, enabled us to travel faster and in comfort. And in exercise, he said it started out, there was four evolutionary steps that was calisthenics, which you just use a, a portion of your body weight, gymnastics, which in some movements, uh, like the still rings, you, you use your entire body weight as resistance. Then came the adjustable barbell. Alan Calvert was the guy who patented that at the turn of the century, the last century. And then Nautilus machines. But uh, Nautilus machines uh, load the muscles over their entire range of motion rather than just a few degrees. And the uh, the resistance is always 180 degrees out of phase to the movement, so the muscle is, gets no reprieve from the work, and the resistance varies uh, in accordance with the muscle's potential strength curve. So right. those are the main advantages of Nautilus, but um, um, there are others. But what I use is um, I try and explain the principles of full range exercise. And there's 10 requirements for full range exercise. And I think anybody, um, you don't need a genius level IQ to understand what you what the body does and what you require to uh, challenge the body. But, you know, you, you mentioned that your client that you were working with said, wouldn't it be easier? Well, right. you know, no one in exercise, I think, has ever gone broke by touting a simple, easy, and fun Way to exercise. But if you yeah. told people, you got to come into the gym and shit a blood clot, you are not going to have too many clients. To make, yeah, to make progress. Right. There's there's a difference between pushing yourself and right. breaking a sweat, right? I mean, um, I think, Arnold, Arnold said that uh, I've had uh, uh, trouble uh, 
standing up uh, after a workout, but after Nautilus, so I had trouble lying down. down. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And there's there's another book um, that I, I've only cracked open. I, I I haven't started reading it yet, but um, the title of it, and it has a picture of, of Arthur on the front, and the title of it is, If You Enjoy Working Out, You're Doing It Wrong. Yeah, and that's written by Gary Bannister. He's coming up to see me here next weekend. His, uh, unfortunately, oh unfortunately, he's been here before. He came up to see me before. Well, that's not true. He, he came up to see his mother because his mother lives near nearby. So he came up to see his mother. But while he was here, he, we, we went out for lunch, and he's been here a couple of times. Unfortunately, his mother has passed away, and they're having oh. a, memor- a memorial service. So I think he's going to be up to see, up for that. And if he has chance, we'll. We, we'll uh, uh, hook up again, but he's a great guy, uh, very loyal to Arthur, very lo- loyal to uh, Nautilus and Medics, and knows his stuff uh, inside and out. Yeah, and that, you know, going back to to working hard, um, I think it's, I think when people start thinking about working hard, um, and you know, you get all these terms thrown around about. Muscle confusion and yeah, that's you know, a delusion. I, oh, it's absolutely a delusion. And I, and I, I actually got in probably one of my first Twitter wars ever, and probably my oh. last. But um, <laughs> there, there was a guy that I follow on there, a company, and they they showed a little blurb of him talking on a podcast, and it said the key to progress is having multiple ways of using your muscle and having all of these, he goes into to describe all of these different tactics to, to keep your muscles guessing. I just said, I was like, how do you expect progress if you're using all of these different methods? I said, what does the muscle muscle do? Let's think about this. What does it do? And and how, how do you get the most out of what it does? And, you know, he sent me a polite response back, which was good. And, you know, I kind of apologized, but I think we have this, this illusion of more is is better. The more we can do, then the better we're going to be. And yeah, the uh, you know all muscles all muscles do is they pull, and they're they're slaves to our nervous system. That's it. Um, now, um, a famous bodybuilder, very famous bodybuilder, who I've corresponded with, spoken with, and I actually saw him once. But uh, 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 Bill Pearl, he wrote a book, a very thick book called the uh, keys to the inner universe and i must have too much time on my hands but i counted the number of bicep exercises and it's in my book i don't know it was over 200 well the bicep only has three functions it, oh uh, it, it the prime function is to supinate the hand the secondary function is to rotate the forearm around the axis of the elbow and the third function is to elevate the upper arm it has three right. functions so yeah you can wave it around in a million different ways but you're not you're not training the muscle. You're you're moving it, but you're not training it. So there's there's so much smoke and mirrors, uh, uh, particularly in bodybuilding. In fact, I try and I've tried to strike that word from my vocabulary, and well, I, 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 I you know because it's almost like um, I don't know who said it. I was paraphrasing Mark Twain, I think, but it was like it's too bad that bodybuilding is wasted on the young because. Uh, they're so uh, um, susceptible. Um, yeah. You know, they go into a gym and they see some um, uh, steroid monster who's a genetic freak. And they, you know, well, it happened with Arnold. People would uh, uproot their families. They'd quit their jobs. 
and they made a pilgrimage to Gold's Gym out in Santa Monica, and they, I guess they followed Arnold to the restaurants to watch what he ate, and they wrote down every rep, and, you know, it's all ridiculous, yeah. uh, you know. Didn't didn't Arthur say, um, it's too bad bodybuilding is wasted on bodybuilders? Yeah, that's it. You're right. You yeah. got me. You I think got that was it. it. Yeah. Um, but there's, uh, there, there, going going along with that, the whole le- the whole more there there's more. You, know, you have to do more if you want progress. You have to do more. And um, you know, I'm I'm not a bodybuilder. I, I don't really I, I don't get into that scene. But I think there is there's a switch that could be made. And I can't remember where I I I heard this or saw this, but it's I, I like to say it. You know. Bodybuilding is is building the body. It's not it is not necessarily you know for the aesthetics, but it's to make a better human, to make a better person. And I don't think I don't think, and maybe you agree or disagree, that I don't think it takes it takes a lot, but it doesn't take as often or as much as we think. And um, I remember yes, just yesterday, at uh, one of my training partners. And he said to me, you know, he's like, you know, I, I want to get back to doing some, some slow motion, good solid exercise. We kind of change things up a bit. And I'm like, yeah, you know, let's, let's get, hit it in a couple of weeks. And someone walked in, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I heard about that, but I don't believe that you can only exercise for 20 minutes and get a good workout. I, I, you know, you have to be at least in the gym for what, four hours if you only do one or two days. And I'm like, you know, you know, there, there's like a brainwashing behind it, almost. Oh, uh, well, I, I don't know. Uh, some people might, uh, they may be beyond help. I don't know. Uh, uh, Menser, Mike Menser, uh, who was associated with uh, Nautilus and uh, and the Nautilus training principles, his heavy his heavy duty system is just a, a bastardized version of the Nautilus training principles. You yeah, know, everyone, everyone wants to leave their own mark their own stamp on it but when he was training for olympias he would train four workouts every 10 days and i knew mike i knew him a little bit um very tragic how he ended up uh but uh anyway uh yeah he only trained like uh four workouts every 10 days and this was for the olympia so yeah he was he was uh you know he was the anti uh uh arnold really uh you know he was uh uh, you know, everyone else was doing the marathon workouts, and he was going into the gym and just killing himself. I mean, yeah. that was one of the chapters in my book, and I was trying to address that volume versus intensity situation by looking at the world records in track and field. And, yep, and if you extrapolate uh, Usain Bolt's time, even his own time, because he's a world record holder at the 100 meters, when you just merely double that, you don't have to triple it, quadruple it, or ten times it. Just double it. He can't maintain that intensity of effort. His speed degrades. It decays. And if anyone thinks that they can train uh, hard and for a long period of time, simply say, "Do me a favor. Let's let's go out to the track, and I, you know, do some warm up. I don't want you to pull a hamstring. Do a warm up, and I'm going to time you in the hundred yards." And then I'll let you rest for a few minutes, and we'll you do another hundred yards, and we'll let you rest, and we'll give you even longer rest breaks if you want. And you keep doing them, and we're going to record your time. What do you think your time is going to be? Yeah, 
You can go down, down, down. Down, slower, 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 slower. Yep. So it's pretty self-evident yep. to me, but I don't know. Uh, people are always going to look for a secret. They're always going to look for a shortcut. And right. um, I don't know right. how you how you break away from that. But I, like I said, uh, the big thing with uh, uh, Arthur when he launched Nautilus is he must have spent a fortune in um, mail-outs. And they were, all really? edu- they were all educational. In fact, um, Perry Rader, I spoke with Perry Rader um, when he owned Iron Man before he sold it. And he told me there was an interesting phenomenon that readers would tell him when they got the Iron Man magazine in the early 70s in the mail, the first thing they would read was the Nautilus advertisements. They said there was more information in the advertisements than there was in the rest of the magazine. <laughs> that sounds about right. So, um, he, you know, because I expressed interest in Nautilus, I, my mailbox was flooded. Not just, yes, they were trying to sell machines, but with all kinds of interesting stuff. And um, here may be here may be the kill shot for you. I don't know. But um, in 1976, the United States military wanted to find out the most productive way to train the, their troops. And if you've heard of Project Total Conditioning, it's in my book. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Th- that remains the uh, the benchmark that no one has approached yet. For and it's one method of training, and you can increase your your size, your strength, your speed your flexibility, and your heart-lung package. So there isn't a separate program for stretching, flexibility. There isn't a separate one for cardio. There isn't a separate one for strength. It's the one program. Right. This, this body, is proven. Yeah. This is proven. The body but, as a right? Yeah, but it's not easy. It's not easy. Some of these guys were work. They didn't even know their own names, the cadets. So... Now, it's it's only it would be dishonest if I didn't mention this that these guys were because they were cadets at West Point. Um they were kind of elite. In fact, they were doubly elite because they were off the football team, the army football team. Okay? And um and they had that military mentality where you follow orders. And they were young, that's another factor. So they were young elite after the military mentality and they had access to tools that are almost impossible to reassemble today. You could, but it's it's a daunting task. And they, and they were all uh, because they were uh, they had they had a couple of Nautilus prototypes. They had uh, the compound machines, they had the Nautilus Omni machines, they had the Nautilus dual polycontractile machines, they had Nautilus infometric machines and regular Nautilus machines. So it would be Really, I can't say impossible, but really tough to for anyone to try and assemble that today. Although I know of a place that probably has all those. He's a, a guy that lives in Florida. His name is Lou Halosi, and he's trying to buy the Nautilus, the original Nautilus building, and open up a museum. Oh yeah, I I saw a a YouTube video where I can't remember the guy's name. A young guy, he was. He just toured the outside of it, but it's still yeah. standing, right? And yeah, I, well, this guy's trying to buy it, and uh, okay. uh, and um, he's uh, 
he's a Canadian. Uh, um, he had he had probably the best gym in Canada, um, and he used to have uh, seminars. He'd have Vietor up and Menser up and others up. And uh, uh, but anyway, uh, he's trying to do that. He has about a hundred machines. Wow, that's awesome! Like original. Uh, no, they're no, they're not all vintage uh, uh, Nautilus or Jones era Nautilus. He has now this will this is a perfect example of of the change in the the original Nautilus four way neck machine only had a yep. seventy pound stack. Um, the the new one, um, the new four way neck machine, Lou is using one hundred and fifty pounds on it. So what the company has done is they're making it they're making it easier for you to lift heavier weights. And that is the polar opposite of what Arthur was trying to do. Arthur was trying to make make exercise as hard as possible. And, and what do you do? You think it's because well, is, is it because that they just want? I don't even know how to how to phrase it because it's kind of you start to say it and it doesn't make any sense. But is it is it so? It, it just it appeals to more. To more people. I mean, even when even when people start training, they're they're kind of surprised that people are still using machines. And I, I train out of a place called Mission Fight Fitness. It's uh, owned and operated by uh, Joel Wainscott, who trained. Um, his mentor is I'm going to butcher his last name, but Dr. Ted uh, Lamberditas. Okay, I heard of him. Yeah. He, yeah. So he kind of has the the same philosophies, and you know. People walk in and they, they can't believe that we're going to go through a push pull upper body lower body uh, program using a lot of machines and they, they still kind of think like well you know we've got TRX we've got kettlebell and yes you know I can't say I don't use any of that because I do use some of it but that's not the primary focus of a program and so why why do you think Nautilus decided to go that route was it like 1986 or seven that it was sold. Yeah, June uh, I think June eleventh, nineteen eighty six it was sold. Okay. It was sold to a crook named Travis Ward and Arthur in his biography admits it was the biggest mistake of his life. Yeah. He I didn't do he didn't do his due diligence. I don't think he got all his money. And uh the guy just uh uh one of the first changes they made, um, if you're familiar with uh, the Nautilus Duo squat machine it yeah. has a uh, a, a sled uh, that is about on a 30 degree angle uh, from horizontal, and uh, the first thing they did was they swapped that out and they put an upright seat on it, which did two things: it uh, reduced the amount of rotation around the hip joint, which which doesn't recruit as much uh, gluteal muscle, and it puts a shearing force on the knee. So, you know, and that was just the first of their mistakes. And then they went down. Then they would put a negative cam on a single axis uh, exercise machine, like a leg extension. The negative cam was designed for multiple joint exercises. So, anyway, without Arthur there as the directing mind, the company has passed through, I think, six or seven owners now. It was just recently sold again. And... um uh, the company that bought it, uh, I think they're known for treadmills or made in Japan, made in China, something like that. So I don't know what the future holds for it, but but at one time there were over 5,000 gyms in North America that had incorporated the name Nautilus into their business name, like you know 
Nautilus of Chicago or Windy City Nautilus or Nautilus of LA or Beverly Hills Nautilus. Anyway, they're all gone. Um are almost all gone. And um uh all those machines have probably been purged because uh yeah. whatever you have, whatever you buy right now, if you have a competitor across town or close by and he gets a new line, a different line, there'll be an exodus of your members to that new club just out of curiosity, you might be the nicest guy in the world and the best instructor in town. But, you know, there's something new over there. I guess it's like test driving a car. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, you know, you get you get a bunch of flash. Like you drive by a, a Planet Fitness and it's bright. It's painted nice. It's, and one thing, they hide all of the strength equipment in the very back and they have all of this cardio up front. How, how many piece of cardio equipment can you have or do you need well and the other thing lines of it uh, excuse me eric i i don't mean to talk over you i sometimes i just uh get oh, no, kind of excited but but anyway um um the, the the main the most glaring defect i've been in hundreds of gyms and uh nobody knows what indirect effect is they can't they don't. They mm. couldn't explain it to you if they're like dependent on. So you'll find the leg machines on the second floor and the lap machines on the ground floor and something in the basement. Like it's just boneheaded. This, yeah. if you study this uh, West Point, uh, uh, what what the Army did, um, and they did it the right way. Um, the machines were in an L-shaped room, and they were they were all uh, arranged to work the muscles in order of their size. Every workout started with legs. Every workout, no exception. Started with legs, and then you went down to, to the smallest, probably finished with the neck. And, um, uh, you know, that does that does two things. It elevates your heart rate, and then by not resting, uh, they were allowed some rest. I mean, you've, if you've read it, you're you're familiar with it. They were yeah. they were allowed some brief rest. You know, they gave they were given a break in period before they started all this two weeks break in period, and then they were still granted a bit of rest between machines. But at the end, after six weeks, they went through the routine faster, using sixty percent more resistance. That's amazing. In six weeks. And they trimmed uh, an average of 80 seconds off their two-mile run. They were more flexible, stronger, faster, all from one program. Yeah. And they, so they, I, I, they I, weren't doing uh, runs, right? They were just strength training? Uh, no, I think they were also participating in spring football practice. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But now these 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 workouts were, I mean, they were brutal. They were brutal. Like I said, some of these guys, when they were done, they had to, they they laid there on the gym floor. They didn't even know their own name. They were like in shock. And um, and their heart rates uh, at the beginning were right on the threshold of uh, going into fibrillation, where your your heart stops pumping and it starts vibrating and you die, which occurs at about 230 beats per minute. So once right. they got up uh, close to 220, the instructors would back off. When they when the heart rate went down to 210 towards 200, they leaned on them again. Get get moving to get a to at the end in six weeks, they were killing themselves with more resistance, and nobody's heart rate went above 160. I think one guy's went up to 180, something like that. Wow. So that is the that is the gold standard. 
that no one can touch that no nobody can can duplicate that that's so, incredible. So, but it's not for everyone because the yeah. average your average client wouldn't have a military mentality. Well, maybe if he was yeah. in the military, but he but he won't have that appetite for hard work, and he won't maybe you know everyone has a different pain threshold. So, and how much do you want it? You know what I mean? I mean, there's some yeah, of these guys. Yeah. I got a I had a training partner who was a Russian, and man, you want to talk about last man standing. They could torture that guy, and he would never give in. Just forget about it, huh? Yeah, that, he was. He that came out of the gene pool with his balls nailed on. <laughs> I have to write that down. That's got to be in your next book. <laughs> but the uh, going back to that mental toughness part of it, I think even even the the most basic. Um, program has to have some sort of mental toughness, you know, to be able to, to of course, to be able to get to the gym and, and do the workout, but it's, I mean, it's, it's on a whole other level when you're talking about um, these type of workouts to really make your body adapt and not have to work as often, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're not dealing with a, you know, your typical six-year-old woman who just wants her hips to stop hurting, so right, what, right. What what's the change to get somebody who really wants to make a physical difference? And I'm not talking, you know, to be a Mike Metzer or something like that, but they really want to feel and and look different, you know. Because now we're kind of I've adapted, you know, like a mostly a two set. Hopefully, get them close to failure as possible with most clients, and that's great. But if you know, if you're, how do you explain that to someone? you know, that really wants to push hard. Well, does that, um, make, does that make sense? Yeah. You know what? I, uh, I don't know if you can, you can convince everyone. I mean, I would think that if, if, if they have no experience or little experience in training and they start to train um, properly, they should be become enthusiastic because they're going to see them themselves getting becoming stronger. Now, yeah, right. once they know that it, it it's not there's no such thing as stasis in phys, in physiology. You, nobody's ever staying the same. I mean, you know, tomorrow we're going to be 24 hours older than we are right now. So, you know, right. it's not permanent. So, you know, if you um, uh, you know if you if you just simple mundane things like getting your groceries out of your trunk of trunk of your car should be easier okay exactly yep. you know it's it's just you're right not not Mike Menser land this is just re, common everyday reality for most people you know i train and now i'm stronger i'm more flexible and i'm less susceptible to injury um yeah. arthur had a, arthur had a great uh, anecdote about um why people don't exercise and it's um basically it's uh, uh what did he say he said uh um well actually it wasn't politically correct but that's arthur i think he pointed out to a young woman in the in the audience at one of his uh when he had the tele- nautilus television network going and he said um if i uh grabbed that young lady around the neck and started to choke off her air in a matter of seconds she's going to realize that 
oxygen is essential for life. But but if I if I didn't let's say I didn't choke her, I locked her in a room and I didn't give her anything to drink. In a matter of hours, she's going to realize that water is essential for life. And if I didn't feed her in a matter of days, she's going to realize that food is essential for life. So so with food it's days with water, it's hours, and with oxygen, it's seconds, okay? But the thing yep. is, in all those cases, you have a, a sensory mechanism that sends you a signal. Like, um, you know, when you're thirsty, your your mouth is dry. You know, when you're hungry, your stomach will growl. When you're sleepy, you'll probably nod off, or, you know? But when you're, when you, there's no there's no signal sent to you when you're getting weaker. The only signal you're going to get is when you hurt yourself. Yeah, that's true. Wow. You, you bend over your trunk. Way. You bend over your trunk when you're 55 years old, something you've been doing all your life, to lift a, a case of beer out of the trunk, and all of a sudden, hey, my back is screwed. Well, what happened? Well, you're getting, you know, just ask anyone. Just, just d- d- distill it down to this. Are you going to be stronger next year than you are right now? And if they say yes, say How's that going to happen? Yeah. How's that going to happen? You're, if you don't yeah. do anything, you're going to be weaker. Now, I'm not. I, I would never comment. Be able to secure enough to, or confident enough to tell them how much weaker they're going to be. But they're going to be weaker. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and I think that kind of goes back to a point where you know your your body when it starts to adapt. You, you don't have to do very much for your body to do to to stay right where it is, right? I mean, we're sitting here and it's going through changes, but we can stay exactly how we are right now, and it's only going to go downhill. But to put in that effort for for it to improve, take a ton of work. It's much easier just to sit back and not do anything but get by. And your body's you're, we're doing it right now. Our bodies are just. Here, so once people get in that kind of mode, it's just easier to do that. Well, and it changes somebody's mind to say, "Hey, we have to get in. We have to work hard for you to change." That's that's a that's a that's a complete that's a total another world for most people. It is. It is because we're listen. It's the um, um, you know I don't know how old you are, but uh, uh, this generation and previous generations, I guess. Um, it's instant gratification. Uh, you want yeah. to change the channel? You don't have to get up and walk across the carpet to turn the dial on your TV. You got a remote in your hand, and without getting up, you click it, bang, you got a new channel. Um, you're hungry, you go to a microwave, and a minute later, two minutes later, you got popcorn. Uh, or you hop in your car and you go through a drive-thru, and you got a, a three-course meal, four-course meal. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. it's it's instant gratification, and uh, when people think that uh, oh they've got to you know come to a uh, train for uh, three times a week uh, week in week out week in week out and maybe you know see some very modest improvement oh got a got a dog in the house that came in um I'm sorry. Uh, anyway um you know that is maybe uh, it, it, it's it's not fast enough for them i, I don't know but uh it, I think you're right. Yeah, that's I mean when you can sit on your couch and, and literally 
speak to your TV and it does everything for you. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. that has to translate. And, you know, and it's not it's not everybody in the gym. I, I, I train people. I will say that, you know, everybody that comes in, they do work hard. I think the people that 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 don't, they kind of, they'll, they'll figure it out. Um, and everybody has different goals. You know, everybody has different limitations. But, you know, if you start to push just a little bit harder and harder every time as a coach, in, in, in maybe a setting that I'm in, you get people that kind of like, whoa, you know, what are we trying to do here? And it's like, I'm just trying to make you better. <laughs> I'm just trying to do my job and right. you know, up it by five pounds here or there. But, and you know what? So once you, I think the education factor is a big thing too. If you don't tell them that, if you don't tell them that you're doing it for their good, then it becomes, well, you're just sadistic and you figure this stuff in ways that hurt people on a daily basis. No, I don't. This is, this is the name of the game. And once the, once you get people who really like to train and like to better themselves and they buy into your philosophy and really the only philosophy there should be in, into getting strong, then, then that's when you have people, you know, the, the people who don't want to be there, who just want to get by, those people kind of fall to the wayside. Even if they keep training, you know, it's, they take control of the workout a little more and they might think, uh, well, you know, I know that I don't have to push very hard because I don't really want to, and he's not going to make me. And as soon as you do, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. How come we're changing things up? Can you hang on? Excuse me one second, Eric, please. Go Excuse ahead. me. Excuse me. It's no, sorry, problem. Eric. no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, well, Arthur, Arthur would always, uh, uh, you know, he could always uh, find an anecdote for almost any situation. And, and he explained it like uh, – if you uh, take a file and you rub the palm of your hands very hard, but only a couple of times, a callus will almost immediately start to form. But if you rub it very, very lightly over and over and over and over again, it'll be a blister. It won't be a callus. It won't be, you know, something that gives your body a defense against that. It, it wears the skin out. The other thing was like a, a, a tan versus a sunburn, you know. Type of thing. Yeah, Overexposure, yeah, yeah. overexposure to the sun, you get a sunburn. If you do it, at the, you know, um, the right exposure, your body will, you know, the melanin or whatever melatonin, whatever the hell it is, you, you'll uh, start to tan. But um, you know, a pick and shovel can can provide you more work than you can stand. So it's the tools are. Arthur was not the enemy of the barbell. He said he said an adjustable barbell is almost a miracle. Yeah, provided yeah. provided it's used properly, which it seldom is. Right. So the biggest mistake, he said, is overtraining. The biggest mistake is overtraining. So. Yep. But you know, but, I I know you're a busy person, and we've been talking for about 45 minutes now, so I'll I'll wrap it up. But um, I think the I think if we could do one thing. Yep. Take 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 people out of it, and we might be okay. <laughs> Just yeah. humans out of the equation, and we could probably be a lot better off. <laughs> well, you know, you know, had had Arthur not sold Nautilus, he was working on um, uh, the computerized uh, machines. Yeah, and, and they had they were all infometric. There was no weight stack. They isn't there something very similar to that now? Are you? They like records the weight that you did last time, and as you get stronger, it increases your resistance or increases your weight. 
Well, if this this when it's if it's intra infometric, you are providing the resistance. So when you get stronger, you are your next workout, you are going to be asked to resist against a greater force. You you are doing that. But yes, it was going to record your speed of movement. Um, you're going to it's a, there's a video clip on my website. Of of it's under video it's under the it's in the library under video. And I okay. think there's uh, Casey Viator is doing a curl on one of the prototypes, and uh, it, it recorded the reps, it recorded the force, it recorded the uh, 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 range of motion, and I think he even had uh, um, sensors in the hand grips that picked up his pulse. Yeah, I think. And I this was in this was in 1986, 1985. Yeah. Wow. And where is that now? Where that one machine is? Oh boy, that's a great question. Oh, I mean, I mean. Oh, where is the? Oh well. Because that, that would be the, the next level, right? The next level of advancement in terms of uh, uh, well, machinery. Well, I but I hate to tell you this, it 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 almost eliminates supervision. Yeah, gosh dang it! Never mind, forget it. Scratch yeah, that. I'm forget it. That. Forget that. <laughs> well, listen, I hope this was I hope this was interesting. We can do it again uh, if oh. you want. I don't know no if there's any benefit to you. Oh, it is, and I think it's going to be as much as I, I I beat it to death about strength training and the importance of it. And some people are going to be like, I don't want to listen to this podcast. You've already told it to me. I think coming from someone who has has gone through it with the best of the best, and you know, I I've got your book, and I've already told telling people about it. I'm almost finished with it, and um, I appreciate you taking the time. Really, I mean, to to just spread some more knowledge because that's what the podcast is all about. Oh, well, hey, listen, my pleasure. Uh, thank you for your interest and support. Absolutely, John. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay, buddy. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye.